Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. And if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to 1 Kings and we'll jump into chapter 11 this morning. Um, But, you know, I think right now in this transition, in this moment, serves as a perfect illustration for the title of my message. Man, I had the hardest time. I had the hardest time because just, I've I've explained this to you before, but I'll do it again just just to refresh you. Um, But but the the evolution of, of sermon prep comes about in a number of different ways i mean sometimes the lord just and and you've got more stuff than you can write and then sometimes there's a god just gives you a text and and you've got to take the time to mine out of it the truths that that god is trying to share with his people and and wants you to share with his people and and this is one of those weeks here where i had i had a text on my heart and i had a word that i wanted to share and uh but i just didn't have all the particulars of it man and i had the hardest time coming up with a title and just saying oh this is the direction here because i I'm, I'm telling you we could share this message like three weeks in a row and and share from a different perspective every time that we went through it and that's just that's the stuff i've got on the edit floor uh putting this message together but the, the i finally settled on this title you know when i was a kid um sitcoms and 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 things like that were like legit and you could actually watch them um, with the family and everything and man one of the most frustrating things to me uh, were those weeks where they had this very uh, suspenseful kind of of episode and they get to the end of it and they would stop mid-action and then that that little caption would come up there across the screen and it would say to be continued I mean, if you remember the to be continued episodes, man, well, they're a little worse. I mean, because, you know, it wasn't, we didn't live in this technological age now where you can just advance to the next episode. Like, we had to wait all the way to next week. The appointed time at the appointed place. We had to, we had to wait all the way around again to find out what the conclusion of the, the episode was. And, you know, there's a thing that happens here at church on Sunday morning, and that is that there's a transition that, that, that happens here. And that is the, the, last, the last melody is sang, the last chord is struck, and as it resonates through the room, we clap our hands, and then we sit down as if something has stopped. As if somehow or another the praise has ceased, the worship has ceased. But I want to tell you something today, as long as there is breath in your body, as long as you are standing upright and you have strength and you have a voice, you should be praising the Lord and Him only should you be praising. I got to tell you something today, church. I am am expecting a blessing. I don't, I don't know if you're expecting a blessing or not. I'm not only expecting a blessing, I know in my heart that I am living the blessed life. I'm living the blessed life, but even though I am blessed, I know that God has more for me. I know that, what about you? What about you this morning? Let's be honest. 
Do you know that God has more for you? Do you walk every day in the assurance that, that the God of greater still is abiding in your life and he wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you would not be able to contain? Are you living with that expectation that God has more for you? I, I, am, I am ready. I am ready for the favor of God. I, I thank God for the favor that's being poured out. But I am ready for greater things. I am ready for greater blessing. I am ready for new territory. I am ready to see new things. How about you today, church? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I hope that I am not only, not only can I say right now that I am ready, but I pray that I remain ready. I pray that I remain ready. There's a, there's a passage, there's several places actually in Scripture that illustrate for us the principle so well. And for so many of us, this defines our relationship with God. And, and the, the principle that I want to break down for you here this morning is this one. And you just shout it out if you've heard it before. A friend in need. Right. A, a friend in need is a friend indeed. And I want to tell you something. There has never been an individual more close to the Lord than the individual walking in desperation. The individual that knows that if God doesn't come through, there's no coming through. If God doesn't overcome, there's no overcoming. If God doesn't intervene, there's nothing to be done. All is lost. But those of us who live with that desperation, we want to be close to Jesus. We want to be just like this song we just sang about. We want to be abiding in the presence of God and drawing near to him and him to us. And we love Jesus, don't we? I want to share with you from this text here, 1 Kings, in, in chapter 11, actually preceding chapter 11, we began to see something transpire in the nation of Israel, and I have so much history that I just want to unload on you here this morning, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust that you'll go back and you'll read the narratives, uh, backing up several chapters and reading through, starting prior to chapter 11 and, and read this story through and uh, if you'll pick up your narrative with the life of a man named Solomon we know, we know Solomon was a great king and we hear all these wonderful things touted about Solomon but there comes a point when Solomon's life takes a turn Solomon goes after the women of foreign countries he takes out people, uh, women from outside the kingdom of Israel in to be his wives and they influence him and they begin to warp his understanding of a relationship with God and he begins to worship false gods. He begins to worship at the altars of idols and he begins to sacrifice at the altars of idols and this thing, it, it, it upsets the heart of God and God says, I'm going to take the kingdom away from Solomon. I'm gonna, this kingdom will not be perpetuated through Solomon's bloodline. I'm going to wrest it from his hands because of this thing. And then we pick up this text here and, uh, and we read in 1 Kings beginning in chapter 11 and verse 28. 
And I love the way this verse starts. It says, the man. The man. You've heard it said before, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And Jeroboam is the man. The man, Jeroboam. What kind of man is he? He's a noble man. He's a good man. He's a man who is pursuant of the life and the heart of God. He is a man who is walking in ways that are pleasing to the Lord. And it says the man, Jeroboam, was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that he was a young man, this young man was industrious, made him the officer over all the labor force of the house of Joseph. And now it happened at the time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shalomite, uh, Shalonite, met him on the way and he, was, he, and he had clothed himself with a new garment and the two were alone in the field. Now listen to this. There are 12 tribes in Israel, right? And at this point, at this juncture, this is one united kingdom and Solomon is ruling over all of it. But God has said, because of Solomon's wickedness, I'm going to wrest this kingdom rule from his hand. His lineage will not carry on this kind of influence in the land. And so here's this prophet, and he's wearing this, this new robe. He's wearing this new garment. And Ahijah took a hold of the new garment that was on him, and he tore it into 12 pieces. Now, those 12 pieces signify the 12 tribes of Israel. And he said to Jeroboam, take for yourself 10 pieces. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and give you 10 tribes. But he shall have the one tribe for the sake of my servant David. Now here's what we understand about David is that yes, David was not perfect. Yes, David did wrong. But Jesus Christ himself identified David as a man after God's own heart. A man who was pursuant of the presence of God. The man who penned the psalm that said, This one thing have I desired and that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Take the riches, take the gold, take the kingdom, whatever you want. But cast me not away from your presence, Lord. And restore unto me a right spirit. And bless me with the anointing of your Holy Ghost every day that I live. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. He said, but, but for that kind of life, I'm going to honor him. Not the stuff that his son Solomon has done, but for the life of David and the testament of David, I'm going to save a little remnant. And for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and they have worshipped the Asherah, the goddess of the Sidonians, and the Cheshmosh, the god of the Moabites, and, and Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon. And they have not walked in my ways. Now listen to the things here that God is enumerating through the prophet as being the reason that he is withdrawing his favor from the household of Solomon. Are you following? And they have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my judgments as his father David did. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him a ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose because he, 
because he, are you, are you following? He kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you, ten tribes, and to his son I will give one tribe that my servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself to put my name there. So I will take you and you shall reign over all your heart desires and you shall be the king over Israel. Listen to it. Here it comes. You ready? Verse 38. Then it shall be that if you heed all that I command you and you walk in my ways and you do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did. Listen to this. Then I will be with you and I will build for you an enduring house as I built for David and I will give Israel to you. God said to Jeroboam, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to sustain you. And the only thing that's required for this blessing to be continued in your life is for you to honor me first in your life. Walk in my ways. Do what's right in my sight. Keep my commandments. That's it. Here's the reason it's being taken from Solomon's household. Here's the reason I'm honoring David. Here's the reason I'm going to honor you. David was a man after my own heart. Solomon turned from me. If you'll be a man after my own heart, I'll bless you and favor you just like I have David. I will establish you. I've got to make this perfectly clear so that you don't understand the route to your blessing today. If you're expecting that because you're a child of God, a child of promise, that everything is going to be smooth sailing, you're mistaken. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fool you with that understanding this morning. Because we read here in this passage that, that when Solomon got word of the prophetic word over the life of Jeroboam, that he became angry, he became upset. And verse 40 says this, Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam. Let me tell you something, you may be a person of promise, but you may still need to spend some time in the wilderness because you will be given pursuit of your adversary. It ain't gonna come easy, but it will come good and it will come full and it will come in abundance. Just keep on pursuing the heart of God. Because he who is promised is faithful. So Solomon sought to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt. And he was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now I want you to think about this. Here's this, this, this prophet, this, this man of God comes and he, he does all this symbolic stuff, taking off the garment and he tears it into 12 pieces and he tells Jeroboam, take 10 pieces because God's getting ready to increase you. God's getting ready to bless you in abundance. You just, you take these 10 pieces and you hang on to them because these are the promises of God for your life and the promise of God in Christ Jesus is yes and in him, amen. By the way, Solomon wants to kill you. 
So he takes flight and he leaves. I want to tell you something. There's some of you in this place right now that you are trusting God for a dream. You're trusting God for a breakthrough. You're trusting God for something. You're desperate for God to move in your life and your adversary is pursuing you and your life feels like a wilderness. I'm telling you today, hang on. Hang on because God is faithful. His word is true. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow shadow of death his hand will be on your life his promise is sure his word is right and the enemy will not prevail so this whole idea that Jeroboam is just going to be able to take over this kingdom right now you've got to put yourself in his shoes this seems like such a far-fetched idea and maybe you're here today and you're believing God for something and it just looks like a seeming impossibility I want to encourage you today. He's got a promise about the promised land, but he's living as a refugee in Egypt. It's been prophesied that he's going to rule most of the promised land, but Solomon has a son, and his name is Rehoboam. If this gets confusing for you between Jeroboam and Rehoboam, we'll just call him Jerry and Ray, okay? Is that okay? I actually have that in my notes because I'm like, you know, this could get a little... Jeroboam, Rehoboam. Okay. So, upon his father's death, surely enough, Rehoboam is immediately made king over the land of Israel. And to the natural eye, it would appear that nothing, absolutely nothing, is working out for Jeroboam the way that it's supposed to. But here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. When Jeroboam hears of the death of Solomon, he's living as a refugee in Egypt and he's been there for some time. And I'm sure that every day that he lived in the pocket of his little, his little cloak there, I'm sure that he had those 10 pieces of fabric there and he was hanging on to them for the promise of God. And when he heard that Solomon had died, he said, you know what? I'm gonna arise and I'm gonna start taking the steps of faith necessary that are gonna promote me to my promise. I'm I'm not going to stand here and wait for my promise to come to me but I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to be pursuant of the promise of God over my life and he gets up and he starts heading home and you know what he begins to take steps of faith and when he, he knew the word of the Lord over his life and I want to ask you today what word has been spoken over your life aren't you more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you isn't it said of you that goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life has it not been said of you that strongholds would fall before you in the name of Jesus and that all authority is given to you has it not been said that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper hasn't it been said of you that God has a plan for you to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope you don't cower in this world like a refugee you don't sit around and wait in fear but you get up and you begin to take steps of faith in accordance with the word of the Lord over your life and you walk it out step by step step by step step by step day after day until you see the promise of God come to fruition in your life Jerry said I'm going back 
I'm moving out of this place because my destiny cannot be fulfilled sitting here. And Jeroboam responds by faith to God's word. God responds to Jeroboam's faith and in a plot twist of events, Rehoboam behaves foolishly and a majority of the kingdom is handed over to Jeroboam just like that. Do you know why? Because God said so. There's no other explanation. Rehoboam was made king. Rehoboam acted like a jerk. All of that that God had spoken over Jeroboam's life came to pass in a moment. He was made the king. Years and years and years ago, many years ago now, there was a song written and published. It was a really, it was a really huge song in the southern gospel sector. And it talked about the difference in experiences between the mountaintops and the valleys. And the reminder of the artist was this, that, that the God, the God that it's so easy to serve and to call out to on the mountaintop, when, when life is good, when things are easy, the, the God that, that we, we praise and we worship so easily on the mountaintop is the same God in the valley. He's the same God when we're walking through the dark places. But you know what I've found in my life and what I've witnessed from my experience is this. That reminder needs to go both ways. That the God who was carrying you through the wilderness, the God who was dragging you through the darkness, the God that was encouraging you when you thought you were about to lose your mind, he's still God once you get to the pinnacle of the mountain. Because I've got to tell you something, church of, of the Lord. There are a lot of us for whom we wear desperation really well, spiritually speaking. As long as we're desperate. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because I need him so. You never heard that version before, have you? Yeah. See, we need him. We need him when we're desperate for him. But Jesus spoke to one of the seven churches of Asia Minor and said, hey, listen, you, you think that you're rich and you're increased with goods and you have need of nothing, but the truth of the matter is you're blind, miserable, wretched, and naked. You got nothing. You're bankrupt. You are spiritually undone. I'm telling you today, church, listen to me. God is getting ready to pour out his blessing in your life. I believe that we've only begun to see the tip of what God wants to do in the life of this body. Every one of you are a people of promise. I'm telling you that the windows of heaven are about to open up and are being opened up over this place and we shout and we cry and we sing in desperation because we need God 
God to intervene. But I want to tell you something. When you're standing on the mountaintop of victory, you need not forget the God who was pouring out his favor in your life when you were in exile in Egypt. You better not forget the God who was with you when you were in the fiery furnace, who was holding your hand and loosening your cords. Hey, when you get on the other side of that furnace and the shouting stops, you better not forget who brought you through. First Kings, here's where it gets interesting and here's where a strong human tendency comes shining through. And the tendency of which I speak is the tendency not to continue in the things that brought God's favor and blessing into your life to begin with. Faith is what got Jeroboam where he's at. But soon he's going to be ruled by fear. And, and God was able to to work it all out the same he's going to be ruled by fear as if the same God who was able to work it all out all of a sudden isn't able to sustain it for him somehow or another now it's his job to fulfill the promise of God over his own life honoring God is what got him to this place of favor and made him a ruler but now listen to this we pick it up first Kings 12 verse 25 it says Jeroboam then built the cities of Shechem in the hill countries of Ephraim and it, it became his capital and later he went and built the town of Peniel and Jeroboam thought to himself oh God aren't we in trouble now Jeroboam thought to himself unless I am careful the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David Some, somewhere along the way Jeroboam got it twisted he, he forgot that the way that he came into all of this blessing and all of this favor was simply by being a faithful servant of the Lord. And now he's now in a place where position and authority mean more to him than does his position as being favored by God. And now all of a sudden he's got to guard his earthly blessing at all costs. He set himself in the place of responsibility for maintaining God's promises over his life and he begins to think to himself. When these people go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord, which was, mind you, the prescribed method of worship in the day, they will again give their allegiance to King Rehoboam of Judah and they will kill me and make him their king instead. I want to tell you something today, church. Peter stepped out of the boat and they say he walked on the water. It's just simply not so. It is physically, it is a physical impossibility for a man to walk on the water. But I'm telling you, when the word of God is over your life for you to get out of the boat and begin to walk, it doesn't matter if it's water or if it's thin air. It wasn't the water that was holding Peter up. It was the word of the Lord over his life. And I'm telling you, once God has spoken a thing over your life, you can get up and walk by faith. And not only can you get up and walk by faith, you can continue by faith. I once had a man come into my office. It's been many years ago, and it wasn't at this church, so don't be hunting for the perpetrator. But he came in, and he sat down in my office, and he looked at me across the desk, and he started telling me all this gloom and doom, all these horrific things about the church. And then finally, he, he, you know, I just sat there, and I said, well, praise God, you know, we'll, we'll get it figured out, whatever, whatever. And he looked at me kind of 
cockeyed for a minute and he said you know what one thing I've noticed about you is that nothing I say nothing I come in here and say ever seems to shake you I wanted to say well what, what kind of foolish game are you trying to play to start with I mean let's quit being petty let's, let's start there and I said well that, there's a simple explanation for that he said well I'd love to hear it I said good I said, I don't belong here. I never aspired to be here. I didn't call myself here, but God called me here. God has anointed me to preach the gospel. God has anointed me to lead this house, and nothing you're going to say is going to negate what he's spoken over my life. So no, I'm not worried about it because I know that God's got it under control, and nothing you're going to say is going to change God's destiny for my life. Because what the adversary meant for evil, God turned it to good. You hear me? It happens every time. It happens every time. So at the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves. You remember two gold calves? And he said to the people, it's too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. And he placed these calf idols in Bethel and in Dan at either end of the kingdom. Verse 27, he's trying to sustain what God has started. Verse 28, he establishes idol worship, two golden calves. And I'm going to tell you what, it's not in the scripture, but can I give you the names of these calves? I'm going to give you the names of these calves and I'm going to tell you that I've seen it over and over and over and over again in the lives of God's people that they bow down and they worship these calves over and over and over again. First of all, I want to note for you the placement of these idols. One of them, it says he placed in Bethel. That is the house of God. That is the place where God abides. He said, get out, get out. We don't need you here anymore. We've got a new idol. We've got a new, we've got a new point of affection here. We're going to put something else, God, where you belong. And don't you get mixed, mixed up today. An idol is not necessarily something made with hands. It's not something carved in an image. It's anything that takes a place of God in your life. It's anything that you put before him. That is an idol in your life. And it is setting in Bethel the place where God belongs, the house of the Lord. The other one's in Dan. Dan means judge. Dan means judge, and I had to think about that long and hard. And then I realized that what we've done is we've replaced God, and we've set ourselves a new system of judging our lives, and it's not according to the truth of God's word because God no longer holds priority in our lives. We've already dismissed him as the authority of our lives. Therefore, his word doesn't have the same authority in our lives, so we begin to judge ourselves by different standards. We don't hold ourselves accountable to the truth of the word, and we just begin to live lax and loose kinds of lives. But these two, oh, you wanted to know the names of the calves, right? As described here in this text, I would name these calves comfort and convenience. Comfort and convenience. And my God, are we not addicts of both in this generation? 
Comfort and convenience, comfort and convenience. He established this, this, this idol worship in his heart to bring comfort. Listen, we don't have to go to Jerusalem. I, we don't, matter of fact, we don't even have to walk by faith anymore because it would be faith for me to send you up to Jerusalem to worship. It would be uncomfortable for me to send you up to Jerusalem to worship because I feel like in my heart the adversaries lied to me and told me that the God who brought this all to pass isn't going to be able to sustain it in my life. So I've got to hang on to it. I've got to take care of it. We don't don't have to live sacrificially. We don't have to give sacrificially. We no longer have to live by faith because, baby, we've arrived. I'm the king. Rehoboam is no longer squeezing us for taxes. It's pretty comfortable. And he sold it to the people as a means of convenience. I want to tell you something today, church. Taking up your cross and following after Jesus will not always satisfy convenience in our lives. Turning the other cheek will not always be comfortable. Forgiving those who have wronged you will not always be comfortable. Living by faith will rarely be comfortable or convenient. But it's the call of God. It's the call of God and it's a place in our lives where God commands his blessing. Listen, we've already talked about that interesting placement of those. And, and here's the thing. Let me, let me hasten here to a close. This goes on for just so long before another prophet rolls up into town. And he goes to that altar of idol worship in the house of the Lord at Bethel. And he begins to prophesy over that altar. And he begins to speak the judgment of God over that idol worship that's transpiring there in that place. And, and even though the Lord was gracious and kind and sent a word of warning to Jeroboam, the word says that he still refused to turn his heart. Rebellion. Rebellion will not go unchecked. Exodus 34, 13, you must worship no other gods for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from among the common people. He appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. And this became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. I've said it one time, church, and you can go ahead and stand all over this place, that the same God you were praising when you were facing the fiery furnace, the same God you were praising when you were passing through the fiery furnace and he was keeping you, needs to be the same God you're praising when you're on the other side and all the shouting is done. The same God you are praising in the wilderness needs to be the same God you're praising when you're dwelling in the promise. The same name you are blessing when you're in the season of barrenness needs to be the same name that you're your blessing when you're walking through the seasons of abundance the same God who you came to with your needs list needs to be the same God you come to with your praise report the hunger and the expectation that you have for God to do greater things in your life needs to be matched with the hunger for his presence and his power once those needs are met what will it profit a man 
if he gains the whole world and loses his soul listen I don't know where you're at today I don't know what's going on in your life I don't know how desperate you are for Jesus and maybe you're here today and everything's just coming up roses and you're you're just so thankful for it I want to wherever you're at on that spectrum I want to encourage you don't forget don't forget to whom the glory the honor and the praise belong shout Jesus shout Jesus in the hard times call on the name of the Lord but when you get on that mountaintop my you shout it all the louder amen the psalmist said I will praise the Lord at all times and I will constantly speak his praises let me tell you something once God has broke through in your life that praise is to be continued is to be continued is to keep on is to keep on to keep on to keep on I will constantly speak his praise I will boast only in the Lord let all who are helpless take heart and come let us tell of the Lord's greatness and let us exalt his name together come on church our team's gonna lead us here in just a minute if you want to get out in this altar I want to close today these next few minutes these closing few minutes with just a praise fest all over this place if you need something from God praise him it is the pathway to breakthrough if you've got something from God praise him it is the it is the pathway to sustenance listen you're not responsible to maintain it you just keep on praising God you just keep on looking to the Sun and he's gonna keep blessing you he's gonna keep pouring out his favor on your life he will sustain you we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.